0: Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy Asthma and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. Today, I'm here with Dr. Nick Kalinske. Super happy to have you again on the show. Um, It's almost Christmas time, and there's a lot of parties and get-togethers, and everything's happening right now.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite times of the year um a lot of families are getting together for potlucks or holiday dinners or or lunches and so it's a special time of the year that we want everyone to be able to enjoy safely
1: yes and a lot of people are excited for these events but there's also some patients that you see on the on the daily that have food allergies and this could be another time for them just to continuously be aware
0: yes definitely i think it's important to recognize food allergy and when you're going to a friend's house or a family's house or family member's house to know exactly kind of what you're eating make sure if you do have an allergy to different types of foods to bring your epi pen to these events because you never need it until you need it and so i think it's important to have the epi pen i always recommend to patients uh you know it's better to use the EpiPen than to not use it. If you're unsure, you'll never regret using it, but you may regret not using it.
1: And of course, I think that there's a lot of these events that are happening now, and we don't want people to feel like they're too scared to go to these events because they have food allergies. So what are the safe ways um, to prepare for events like this if you do have food allergies?
0: I think uh, just making uh, an individual aware that you may have a food allergy to where you can ask whoever prepared the meals, if there's any of those ingredients in anything that they're eating. Of course, bringing your EpiPen, I think that that's the most important part, as well as just kind of being cautious about what you're consuming. I think it's completely safe to go to any event that um, basically has food that someone else has prepared, uh, but it's just important to know what you're eating Sometimes there are hidden ingredients where it might not be extremely obvious that there's tree nuts, for example, in something, but it could be a dessert or a sauce where there's a hidden ingredient. And so I think it's just important to ask those questions. It's a very brief, easy conversation for most people and it's very important.
1: And what are the top food allergens that you see happen, you know, most of the time here at this time of year?
0: Most of the time we'll see peanut, tree nut, egg soy wheat dairy uh things like that um and so i think just bringing awareness to those being some of the most common foods to cause a food allergy uh, allergic reaction during this time of the year as well as um coming up with a correct diagnosis and treatment plan, I think that that's very important.
1: Okay, what about people that may not know they have a food allergy, where can they begin?
0: So I think it's very important to see a board-certified, fellowship-trained allergist. Ultimately, they're gonna get the correct testing and the correct diagnosis and treatment plan. If they have some concern on whether they have a food allergy or intolerance, I think it's important to get the appropriate testing so that they can have confirmation of maybe what they were told was an existing allergy or um, have some testing done to disprove uh, that they have an allergy. I think that both of those are very important. The testing is extremely simple. An individual would come into the office, we take a little plastic toothpick and poke the back, read that test after 15 minutes and that would be it. Um, We can also sometimes do blood testing. There's a type of testing called component testing which can be extremely beneficial and helpful. You know when you cook an egg, how it goes from clear and runny to white? Yes, that's because the protein structure changes. And so there are some proteins that are broken down when extensively heated, others are not. So that can be very beneficial to know because someone might be able to tolerate a baked version of say dairy or egg versus stovetop like scrambled eggs or raw dairy. And this could really impact what they're able to eat at some of these holiday events. Um, We can actually do some blood testing to see which protein that they're allergic to, are they allergic to the protein that's broken down when extensively heated or not or are they allergic to a protein that's highly cross-reactive with another food such as an individual that may be peanut allergic, are they potentially going to have trouble with tree nuts as well? There can be a 30% chance across your activity there. So there's a lot of information that can be gathered from a simple office visit, and I would encourage that to anybody who has any questions about food allergy.
1: That's actually very interesting. You said, kind of go back to what you were saying about how it can be cooked or baked. So somebody that might say be allergic to pecans actually could handle a pecan pie?
0: Um. Most likely not. So, so some foods that are, are baked or boiled, actually the allergenicity of that food will increase as opposed to decrease, for example, boiled peanuts for some individuals that can actually increase the likelihood that they would have symptoms versus raw peanuts. And there's all types of technicalities to that. I think what's just important for people to know is that if they do have a peanut allergy that they should most likely be cautious or tested with to other, to tree nuts. So peanuts are legumes, tree nuts are different but there is that cross-reactivity there. And so I think just more knowledge, uh, the more knowledge that the patient can get the better for safety reasons and then potentially treatment options if that's indicated.
1: Okay, now tell me about a true history that you would look at for a a patient that says, oh, I had a piece of pie and I started reacting pretty quickly started having the anaphylaxis where would you begin with a patient like that
0: so I always ask you know the history is probably the most important part of that office visit and so I'll ask about uh, what the food was when it was consumed like what time of day what kind of symptoms did the patient have have they tolerated the food before have they tolerated different preparations of the food like a baked You know, egg, for example, that was baked into a a muffin, or was it stovetop or scrambled eggs? So something like that. What kind of symptoms they had, how severe the symptoms were, how soon the symptoms resolved. Did they have to take any medication? Did they require an EpiPen? For the symptoms, what were they? Was it stuffy nose, itchy, watery eyes, sneezing, coughing, wheezing, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea? 80% of the time, there can be something like hives or urticaria. So red raised welts all over. And then if it's bad enough, their blood pressure can drop and they can have an anaphylactic reaction that can potentially be life-threatening. So we look for all of these kind of symptoms uh, mixed with the testing to ultimately come up with the correct diagnosis.
1: That's so interesting. Now, let's go back to you mentioned there might be like hidden ingredients and different things that people are reacting to. What is that? Does that have to do with spices or different things like that?
0: I think what it is more so is that – People always think about food allergy, and they might say, well, I didn't know that there was egg in this, and there could only just be one egg in that, uh, that recipe, something like that, where it's not obvious, like you don't see the egg, it's not like a sunny side up egg or a scrambled egg, it's just something that's going to be more, it's not, not as obvious that that's an apparent ingredient in the, in the dish that was uh, prepared. I see it very often in desserts. So it's not always obvious what went into a dessert. And so I think just asking whoever prepared that dish what went into it, I think, is is really important to do. Just that awareness of knowing that that can certainly occur. But you always should have your EpiPen just in case. Um, I think it's important to bring that to whatever event you go to just in case there is something that someone was maybe unaware of which does happen.
1: Okay and now you're mentioning everyone needing to just to be aware and, and make sure that they're having a safe holiday so how are ways to make sure that they are not anxious to go to that event?
0: I think just educating yourself talking to your your board certified allergist understanding the disease process symptoms and signs of having an allergic reaction ways to avoid Uh, those types of reactions, being aware that whenever you buy something at the store usually it's one of the first three ingredients that are listed and that's required by law to have that under the ingredients that may contain this or that so it all really just comes down to education and that's why I usually spend you know three-fourths of the visit when I have a patient trying to educate as much as I can because knowledge is really power and can be life-saving in some of these events.
1: Okay, great. And then you were also mentioning earlier a little bit about meat allergy. What does that consist of?
0: So uh, it's something called alpha-gal and really it's on the rise. It's galactose alpha-1,3-galactose. Some individuals are sensitized from a tick bite. Uh, It's the lone star tick or amyloma americanum. And this tick sensitizes you to a carbohydrate. And that carbohydrate is false also also found in red mammalian meats. And so somebody might have a steak for that Christmas dinner or something like that. Then usually three to six hours later may have symptoms of an allergic reaction. So most food allergy is going to be very quick, usually maybe 30 minutes to an hour. But this is one unique circumstance where it may be delayed up to three to six hours later, or even longer in some cases. And so that's another thing to just kind of be aware of if somebody has a red meat allergy or has been sensitized to alpha-gal in the past.
1: Okay, so this reaction is not pretty sudden.
0: Right, yeah. It's more delayed, which makes us a little bit more unique. Uh, you kind of got to dig into the history to make this diagnosis and then know exactly what lab tests and skin tests to order to make the correct diagnosis but ultimately patients can lose this sensitization over time and there are certain strategies to be able to do that that's why it's important to see a board certified allergist to know exactly what to do if you may have trouble with red meat.
1: Okay great I think these are great tips and I think everyone now will enjoy their holidays and not have the anxiousness of being you know food allergic so. Thank you again, Dr. Klinsky. I know Dr. Klinsky and I both want everyone to stay safe this holiday season if you are dealing with food allergies. So you can always make an appointment with our office and we are on our website at www.allergyasc.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. Until next time.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Clear the Air. Please consider following this podcast and remember, If you want helpful and accurate information about allergies and asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.